Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution. I'm so excited today. We are welcoming Laura Timbrook to the TNT mic. She is a national board certified health and wellness coach, podcast host, international speaker, and well-being strategist in the manufacturing and shift working industries. This is an awesome conversation about the evolution of corporate wellness and where we are at in 2021. If you are a leader, a coach, a business owner, or an employee, but you're looking to bring a corporate wellness and overall happy well-being strategy to your professional or competitive situation, this is the conversation for you. Getting the right coach and getting the right consulting in the wellness space can really up the productivity of the happiness and really positively impact the culture of any formal setting that you want to maintain and inspire for 2022. So dig into this one. Laura, I appreciate your time and energy and thank you for what you're doing. I can't wait to see how it's going in a year plus from now. Be sure to check us out on YouTube and like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm very excited today. We have a fellow podcaster coming to the mic, PodFam. Um, and amongst other things, we actually have a lot in common, including CrossFit, lacrosse, um, love for the East Coast, love for Colorado, all the things. So I'm going to be welcoming Laura Timbrook to the TNT mic. Welcome, Laura. Oh, thank you. And we have another love. It's tequila. Oh, yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> that, that usually goes without saying, but I'm really glad you said that. Yes. The, the, the most important thing, actually. Exactly. <laughs> and turmeric. I assume you're as a, a wellness professional. I think you're probably a fan of turmeric as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you Laura's quick bio, but then as you know, on turmeric and tequila, I'm going to let her explain her world through, through her eyes. Um, I think that's always the most authentic space, but here's the overview. Laura is a national board certified health and wellness coach, podcast host, international speaker, and well-being strategist in the manufacturing industry. Laura also hosts the weekly podcast, Outspoken Nutrition and Manufacturing Wellness. To learn more about Laura, check her out at lauratimbrook.com. We'll cover all that at the end, but I, I'm excited to not just because we have all these commonalities and you're hilarious and awesome, but we are talking about health and wellness in a space you probably wouldn't um, think would even matter. And in addition to that, in 2021, we're starting to see how health and wellness in the corporate world with employees, with businesses is really starting to take hold mental health and wellness. And it's actually a conversation. I think with my parents, I grew up, it's like, you just, you, you get a job, you go on to the next thing. doesn't matter if you like it or not. You get paid, you work for eight hours, but you grind. And that's not the case anymore. We spend so much time and energy with our professional situation that our happiness, whether you're an employee or the business owner really does matter. So we're going to unpack that if you're a business owner or a manager or just an employee looking to up your happiness and wellness in um, the work environment, this is your conversation. So Laura, give us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I've been in the health and wellness industry for about 10 years, and I've really focused on corporate wellness and everything around within the corporate environment, because that's prior to my career change is where I lived. Well, you know, within that industry, it's over the last 10 years has drastically changed. And we're going to be seeing another really big change now, ever since COVID. Now, all of a sudden, all those, you know, pre-existing conditions, those diabetes, the high blood pressure, all of that that we've put on the back burner and said, it doesn't matter. We now have learned it really matters. 
so it's really, everything's been changing. But for me, one of the things, especially working so much within the manufacturing and shift working professionals is a lot of times the conversations, they don't include those that work shift work, those that work third shift, oftentimes they're left feeling like they healthy doesn't work for them. So it's about changing the conversation to make it more inclusive and really putting plans into place that everybody has the availability to make healthy changes. I love that. But, and I, what I, I want you to dig into a little bit more of your personal background. Maybe if you're an athlete or how you, because this is such an interesting angle to get into in the health and wellness world. To me, it's like you, you, you go, you go to CrossFit and then you start weightlifting and then you get good into weightlifting, but you're not really exposed to weightlifting unless your parents did weightlifting, like only Olympic lifting growing up. Like it's kind of like a certain little niche market, even though this manufacturing space is massive, the conversation. So I'm curious to know, like, give me a little bit of like how you grew up and how you specifically landed into this manufacturing space. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in like a smaller farm town. I had, you know, my family was very kind of holistic minded growing up. I don't know if it was because we didn't have a lot of money. So growing our own fruits and vegetables and stuff like that was just cheaper. Or if it was really that my parents were more in the holistic mindset, I think it would probably came down to cost for them. There was three kids. We you know, we lived kind of paycheck to paycheck to be. And so we kind of went around that. But of course, I was the typical rebellious punk rock teen. And I had to rebel against all of that. And I found myself super unhealthy. I had disordered eating. And eventually, you know, 15 years later, full circle, I kind of came back to healthy really matters. And we should be growing a lot of our fruits and vegetables instead of buying chicken nuggets. And even though we do eat a lot of chicken nuggets in my house, I got three kids, it happens. <laughs> but I mean, it was more about, you know, focusing on health. And for me, then I went through my whole CrossFit journey, trying to even get healthier and weightlifting. And you started realizing all these things that your mom, your grandmother all told you your entire life growing up mattered. And that's really where I kind of found myself. And, you know, one of the things going back to why I ended up in manufacturing is I had a business coach simply ask me, what clients I liked the best. And it was always the manufacturing. And I think a lot of that going back to my background, growing up kind of on a farm in an area where, you know, my, my parents, me, we all worked on cars and trucks. If you see behind me, there's a Bronco two sign. It's because yes. I love the Bronco twos. <laughs> and, you know, for me, cars, vehicles, dirt bikes, quads, that was kind of the way of life. So manufacturing, walking in a diesel shop is kind of like going home. <laughs> I love it. It's your people. It is my people. It's totally yes. my people. I love, I, and I think when people think of health and wellness, and this is partially probably because of branding professionals like myself, it's so, you know, sexy and skinny and CrossFit, everyone's ripped and naked and, and you don't really apply some of these health nutrition conversations to like mainstream America. Like the manufacturing situation is massive and there's far more clientele. I know it's, it's your authentic heart space, but strategically as a business person, there's way more clientele in that space than it would be, you know, CrossFit gyms or whatever else. Like it's, it's a huge untapped um, community. As far as what I know, it sounds like there, there is some opportunity within, but uh, from every health and wellness perspective I've heard, I've never heard anybody talk about manufacturing specifically. So hence, I was so excited about this conversation yeah. today. 
Yeah. And that's why I started focusing on it because they were really left out of the conversation. You know, I can't tell you how many times I heard from somebody saying, well, healthy doesn't work for me. I work third shift or, you know, talking about the diesel mechanics, you know, I'm around diesel fumes all the day and I'm not going to be healthy. Well, no, there's ways that we can still be healthy and there's simple changes. You know, I remember having one guy tell me when we were talking about nuts and seeds, he's like, I'm not into all that fancy stuff. And I said, well, you like peanuts and his jaw dropped. He's like, wait, peanuts are healthy. I was like, yes, I don't know why everybody started demonizing peanuts. We can eat the effing peanuts. <laughs> I love peanuts so much. And it's like, it is, I think stereotyped is like the cheap, like perhaps white trash bar nut, but like it's out of yes. all of them. It's my favorite. And I actually had a phenomenal cast with gather nuts and, um, awesome human that started her own business. And it's it, they're there. If you know how good they are and how much nutrition's in them, it's actually worth the cost, but to keep it at a very basic level, when you're talking to humans that aren't necessarily open-minded to changing their nutrition, I think the key right there, like you just did is finding common ground and being like, you know what, you just got to broaden your horizons. You're probably doing a few things correct already. Oh, absolutely. And that was one of the things, you know, we found out that was amazing. So, so much in corporate wellness is focused on stress management and mindfulness. But whenever we talk about it, we talk about it in the sense of yoga. We talk about it in the sense of meditation. Well, let me tell you, nobody from the diesel mechanic shop is going to be sitting there in an ohm like lotus flower pose. It's not happening. But yet when we change the conversation around to fishing, and fishing has all the same things that a lot of these mindfulness practices we talk about do. They're present, they're breathing deep, they're focusing on the noises and the sounds around them. It's all what we do when we go fishing, when we go hunting. So they're mindfulness practices, but we never talk about it that way. Yes. I, the, the perfect point, I mean, we're really just gracefully disrupting our own mindset. Uh, and this is what I love and, and hate is strong, but love and I don't love about, um, what I do marketing branding is that you see there's so much power in when you label and brand things and how we're so used to unconsciously doing that in our own minds. We're not even aware that we're branding things in our mind and creating our own barriers and mental blocks, um, ourselves. It's not even being, you know, like digitally or force fed to us via marketing or like something we're reading or TV or whatever, it's our own narrative kind of like being locked into like this tunnel vision. And then it takes professionals like you to come through and be like, well, time out, let's pull it back here. And I know you're labeling this a certain way, but in reality, it's not that different than, mm -hmm. you know, these quote unquote fancy, healthy behaviors. Um, so if you're a business and you're listening and you have something niche, like what Laura does, I really think it's important to take note of just having that open conversation and being open-minded to, to finding out what's going on and then switching the client or the employee or whatever's thinking um to, to broaden the horizons and would be like wait this may not be as big of a change as you think it's almost like strategic change management you just have to pull out and be like okay let's have the conversation get that 10,000 foot view and see what we're already doing right and then shift from there um tell us a little bit more about Laura about specifically like the, when you say manufacturing or like shifts like give me like specific examples that people aren't familiar with the manufacturing world so so if a business out there with a niche specific situation um they can identify and kind of like customize their conversation with their niche specific employees or team or whatever yeah, absolutely. So we have our manufacturing, but, you know, so many other professions focus on shift work. You know, we have police officers, doctors, nurses, airline pilots. Somebody even told me, well, what about moms? Well, yeah, moms are another shift because <laughs> half the time we never get to sleep. Oh. But really what it's about is when we get to the core of how we can really work with someone to be healthy, it's find the things we 
or they already like to do. And that was one of the things how I made the relationship with meditation and fishing. It was, here is something we need to find a way to get someone to be present because that is the whole point when mindfulness techniques is we need them to be present, get all that depression, the anxiety, all those feelings out and just be in the moment. And, you know, so if you have somebody that their favorite thing to do is to go hiking, or maybe it's going paddle boarding, we can utilize that. And that's really where, you know, my background is a lot of a board certified health coach. So I am focused on behavioral changes. And this is what we want to do. I don't want to totally disrupt someone's life. I want to totally disrupt the health and wellness industry, but I don't want to disrupt somebody's life. And really, that's what it is, because the way to make simple behavioral changes is things that they already do. So if you're already finding somebody that you work with that is really good at something, you want to kind of highlight that. And that's really what we're doing within that health and wellness industry is trying to find what works and then that's already incorporated in their life. Absolutely. And I think it's almost more important for shift type stuff, because if you do have a, an abnormal sleep schedule or, you know, your mom, you're up all night, um, you're, or you're driving as a truck driver all night or whatever, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's all the more important, ironically, that you do manage your health because you aren't in this normal circadian or, or what have you. And absolutely. Have you noticed, um, like if maybe if you worked with one person that was kind of resistant, but then, you know, it worked for them and then maybe five of their friends jumped on or the company jumped on, like, was there a ripple effect there? Oh, absolutely. You know, we see it so much when, you know, I come in a lot of times I always tell people that somebody would more likely go get their blood taken than even sit in my chair just to talk to me mm-hmm. because they always think as as somebody told me, I thought you were going to take my beer away, I'm not yeah. taking your beer away. <laughs> I want to have that conversation. Well, how much beer are we really drinking? And do we need an entire case? And every evening, yeah. you know, let's have those conversations, but it's not about taking away. But yeah. once we start seeing somebody make a change, maybe they're just eating an additional vegetable, or maybe they're reducing their beer at night to just two beers, you know, it does have a drastic trickle down effect. We'll start seeing, you know, guys that are going to the gym, all of a sudden the other guys are going to the gym because so-and-so just bench press 250 and they have to get to the 250, you know? So there's always that competitive nature and we see it even more, we see it in females, but even more in males. So if we have an industry that's male dominant, which manufacturing is whenever we can bring in competition, that's when we're going to see the biggest results. I love it. Influencer marketing is real and we are forever in high school. There's two takeaways from that. (laughs) Um, it never, it never really ends, uh, as far as like the competing piece, but, um, it's always interesting to see like that dynamic of like keeping up with the herd or like the Joneses or um, the influencer space. I mean, it's really real. And I, and I always kind of like poke the bear with that just because I do marketing, branding and influencers. And it's, it gets a little monotonous and that word in itself is a little bit dirty in the industry right now. But it, but if you take it away as like an inspirer, someone that, you know, the key community person that's like influencing the tribe, it really is an awesome thing. And it's actually a really positive thing when you can get 
one to work out. And now we've got a whole, you know, bench press competition or whatever it is. It's, it's bringing them into the mix. Um, have you seen some really positive changes? Cause obviously it starts with corporate wellness. We want our, I think it starts in the heart space with employee or uh, with managers or company owners. They want to make them happy, but they want to make them more productive. Like we want to make money here. Yes. Have, have you had, uh, some really extraordinary, um, success stories where they, they brought you in, you know, started the conversation, what have you, but then a few people really took on and it changed the culture of the company. Yeah. So we definitely have, you know, there was one transportation company I was really working with and they were dedicated to helping their employees, you know, just better their health journey. Every six months they had biometrics in, they were weighing, they were taking blood sugar. So they already saw the data points of how this was helping. But one of the things they really saw is that the employee retention was a lot higher because now their employees were invested in them. They actually had a woman that was about to retire and decided not to retire because work became fun and she brought her daughter in to the company. So we, I mean, you see this all the time. And, you know, when we're talking about employee engagement and employee retention, just knowing that your employee cares already starts to increase the retention. I mean, just think about even yourself. How many times have you stayed in a job probably longer than you should have because either you had a good work environment or you really loved your boss? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that really relates to me with sports where, um, (laughs) there was times where the team, the culture just wasn't my vibe and you kind of just have to play to you graduate or whatever the situation is. Um, but there's other times where it rips your heart out that you're leaving or you're graduating or, you know, do the next step is in front of you because you love the culture so much. And I think so often companies will look at this as an expense. Like, well, why do I need to worry about, you know, my team's nutrition? Why do I need to do what this but they don't see the, you know, the 10,000 foot view, the foreshadowing of yes, you're spending money right now, but then you're saving money. You're, there's less turnover. Your employees are happier. They're sticking around. I mean, it saves you exponentially if you can really see the forest for the trees and the long game. Oh, absolutely. And you know what, when employees are happier, they're significantly more productive. So if you are spending, let's say $3,000 to have someone like me come in versus Having to spend $100,000 replacing someone with a $60,000 salary, really, I mean, it's really kind of a no-brainer. I mean, if you treat your employees good, if you invest in them, they're going to stay, they're going to work with you. Yeah. Well, and on the physical health side, if they're taking care of the mental health or you're, you provide space for them to take mental health days or just vacation, then I think you have less insurance costs because they're seeing the doctor less. You have more, you're more productive because they're not there because they're sick um, or there's less sick days. Like you start to really see how this wellness thing, I think a lot of companies still think it's a little bit like woo woo and we don't, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. You see how like this little ripple thing, it impacts everything and it literally does make everything more efficient, but most importantly, more enjoyable. Oh, absolutely. And we're really starting to see that a lot of that data come more to the forefront with COVID because suddenly, you know, they didn't realize how much blood pressure, how much blood sugar, those, those diabetes numbers that they were never focusing on 
how much that affected their workforce because they have employees not coming back. They have employees now that are, you know, can't do some of the work that they've been doing. So it's really important that we're focusing on it. And really from my end, especially with shift work, we really want to be looking at those blood sugar numbers. We want to look at those blood pressure numbers and we want to look at their sleep. You know, the craziest thing is there's been so many studies, but we know being awake for 20 hours, you have the cognitive function of somebody that who's legally drunk. Wow. Well, I can tell you a lot of my shift workers are up more than 20 hours. Yeah. Some of them are 36. I'm working with somebody right now that they sleep five hours every 36 hours. Oh, what job and is that? They, yeah, they are in a medical professional field wow. and it is crazy how much data is out there to know how many, how much of, you know, medical mistakes are due to being tired. Yeah. I have guys on forklifts operating heavy machinery that are not sleeping more than four hours a night. Oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, I mean, when we're talking about safety, whether it's employee safety, client safety, patient safety, it really sleep is probably at the highest level. I mean, there's other data that says if you were to sleep six hours for 11 days, you actually have the productivity level of someone that hasn't slept for 24 hours. Oh my gosh. And how many people are sleeping six hours a night? I, I don't think very many. I think most people are up no. or like, or not, or if you know, if you didn't eat or if you did drink a lot or whatever, then it's even disrupted even more. So um, I, I just think it's another conversation that's really overlooked in America specifically uh, about this. And I, I really want to know too, because I think as we get older, we get comfortable and we don't want to be told what to do or what not to do. And I think that's a major fear piece in going to see professionals um, like you, or even like me with marketing branding, people don't want to change their business. Like they know they need to evolve and they kind of do, but not really. So we'll consult and then they kind of won't do it. And they'll come back again and say, all right, let's do it for serious this time. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> and I, I, I think it's even harder when it's personal. You said, I don't want you to take away my beer or whatever. How do you manage some of these resistance um, conversations or more importantly, how do you even get into the door into some of these places that are really not open-minded to this change, but really, really need it? Well, the first part to that question about how do I, well, the second part, actually, how do I get in the door? That's the hardest part. And yeah. it's now that we're starting to get younger generation in and, you know, we know from the millennial generation, wellness is at their top, you know, within one of their top three. So it's a little bit easier, but when we're dealing with these old school manufacturing facilities, it's kind of difficult. I mean, the, the medical field is a little bit different. We have doctors and nurses know all about the health and safe, you know, health and wellness. They just don't know how to implement it. So that conversation's a little bit different, but yeah, sometimes it's just constantly at them with those stats because money talks. Yeah. That's, that's where they want to get hit. If you're going to hit them in the pocketbook, that's when you're going to get their attention. So yeah. we'll get a, a lot of it that way. And I totally forgot the first part of that question now. Uh, well, I was just, it was just really about like managing the resistance of people, not necessarily. Oh, yes. Matters. Yeah. And you know what? I have a really good technique that I like to utilize and it's asking them, like, let's say for someone, they don't want to 
take a look at their blood sugar levels. They don't even want to bother with it. And one of the things I, I'll utilize is what's going to happen in five years if you don't change it? Well, I had somebody that was really resistant. And the first time I tried this, he looked at me, he goes, well, I'll probably have a toe cut off. I'll probably end up with heart disease. And just like my mom, I'll probably die early. And I just took a moment. And I said, let me just understand this properly. I'm like, you know, if you don't make these changes, you're probably going to lose a toe, get heart disease and die early like your mom. And you're okay with that. And of course, then he realized how silly it sounded. Yeah. And, you know, his response to me next was, what is one thing I can do? And that's really where I focus is on that first step. Like, I'm not going to uphaul your diet, change your beer, make you sleep nine hours a night. I'm not doing all that. We're going to focus on one thing that you can do today that's not going to disrupt your life. And then we'll go to number two. But I mean, that's really where it stays. So when I get the resistance, a lot of it is about flipping it around and having them acknowledge, okay, if you're not going to make this change, this is what the future holds. And sometimes it's, yeah, and I'm okay with that. And it's their life, their choices. But most Um, of the time... They're willing to have the conversation. Yeah, I like that. Well, my uh, last cast, ironically, was about um, meeting people where they're at. And this is a lesson I've tried to implement and relearn myself over and over again. Because, you know, as coaches or professionals um, in front of people, you always want to inspire people or help them lead them or help streamline their process through your own mistakes and share, you know, the good advice. But some people just don't want it. And or sometimes it's just support versus solution. So I think that's it's really difficult. And I also... Um, really encourage people to want more. And and I know that happens kind of in your own time, but to see a predetermined destination in front of you with like the health of um, a family member where you can see your future right in front of you because your parents were sick or whatever. And just to like so easily embrace that your life is going to be hard in that way or just accept it that easily. I just so challenge people to question a better way and knowing that like, just like you said, one thing, like what if you could change it? Like believing that something's possible. And, And that's even before this huge conversation around health and nutrition and, or maybe spirituality or, um, community. It's really just being open-minded to having the ability to understand that you can control what's going to happen in some capacity. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times that first step is like a half a step, you know, for this one guy, it was stress. He was really stressed out. So, you know, yeah, nutrition's important. Yes. Sleep is important. Exercise is important, but we're not even there at that conversation yet with him. So for him, it was bringing in some mindfulness and it was giving him the okay to go and throw a line in the creek on his way home just to give him a moment to decompress before he got there. And you know what? Several months later, all of a sudden now he's naturally making better food choices. He's doing a little bit more when it comes to walking. So it's sometimes those small changes that have that bigger trickle effect that make other changes without even being provoked. And that's really what we want. I love it. It is what is it kind of works in like this harmonious circle. You know, if you've ever had like a knee injury, you know, it throws off your hip or your ankle could then be injured. Like it's all that, all that fits together. And while it might look overwhelming to, you know, everything you've got to face, like there's a big road ahead. I think like what you're saying, Laura, like taking it in one small step, one small bite at a time that you can pull back. And then, and then that one step for one specific thing leads to another good decision to another good decision. And it might not even be conscious. It might just be 
you know, the wheel turning. Oh, absolutely. And that's really what we want. And I love how you talked about you know, meeting them where they're at, because that is really the starting foundation. Because if, you know, we see it so many times with people with heart disease, you know, their doctor gives them this script of no salt, no fat, no this, no that, work out 30 minutes every day. Mm-hmm. They're never going to do it. I mean, they're coming out, let's say they're coming out from the diesel mechanic floor. This is not what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. But if we could do one thing that gives them that change, and we want one thing that's going to give them success and make them feel good. You know, most people that like fishing, they're not going to be like, ah, damn it, I got to go fishing today right. after work. <laughs> that's generally not how it's going to happen. <laughs> right, right. Well, I, and I think our um, psychology around the doctor or the dentist, or anything, you go there and you think like, I don't, I don't even want the blood test because I don't want to hear all the stuff that I have to stop or everything I'm doing wrong. You know, life is, we get so little validation that's positive. I think as we get older, you know, to go see these medical professionals, it's one more thing that's like, quit doing CrossFit, quit doing this. I mean, as a lifelong athlete, I'm, if you looked at my MRIs, which don't ever go get an MRI if you don't need one. Um, cause you'll see shit that was wrong that you didn't even know. And you're fine. Just don't worry about it. Um, you know, you get banged up or it's not perfect, but you know, there's the quote that is, uh, ships are safe in the Harbor, but that's not what they're built for. And I think that's kind of like what our bodies are like in our minds and our brains. Like if it's off a little bit, let's get it back on. But also if it's not perfect, that's okay too. Mm. Oh, absolutely. You really just got to start somewhere. And you know, one of the biggest things is when we're talking about MRIs and blood work (laughs) is we see that a lot of times with shift working professionals, they're afraid of the numbers Mm -hmm. because when you're a doctor, a nurse working on the manufacturing floor, you know, they could pull you off if your health isn't there. Yeah. And it affects your job and this is your livelihood. So there is a very real fear that that number is going to change something drastically. And a lot of times, you know, we have to let them know that one, if we're in a corporate wellness setting, that these numbers are safe, they're confidential. We're not sharing them with your employer. But then the other thing is you can't fix anything unless you acknowledge it. And we see that a lot of times. I see it with nurses all the time. They will instruct patients all day long to take care of themselves. And they're ignoring themselves too, because like they said, if something is wrong, I don't even have the time to fix it. Right. And that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) We have, you can't take care of yourself and you can't take care of others. Just like the mask on the airplane, like you got to put it on the, on yourself, then your kid. Um, but I really liked your point right there in the manufacturing industry or any job that requires your health or health tests. Um, I, 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 well, actually was just there today. This it's there's like a sports recovery place I've gone to forever and they're very forward thinking in their full body approach to health and wellness from, you know, uh, EMDR to fascial stretching to whatever. And we would get all the professional athletes that would come in there and see some of their PTs and whatnot, because they didn't want to go to, you know, whatever they had available, which is the best in the world. But if you get on injured reserve or someone knows something's wrong, then they're going to put you in a category. So the flip side of that is if you're a manufacturing professional, anyone that works in an industry where your health, you know, if, if it's weary or at risk at all, you will lose your job. I think it's all the more reason you seek out somebody like Laura, so you can manage it in your own time, get it all correct. And then if they do test you, you're good to go. Yeah. And that's really what we kind of want. We, we want people knowing their numbers. You know, we don't want somebody dropping dead on a manufacturing floor or a hospital floor because they're not looking at their numbers. 
And it, and I think that sounds dramatic, but I don't think it is. You see, uh, I mean, and I don't know any of the stats within the manufacturing world specifically, but I know stats around youth suicide just because of schools or um, I don't attribute schools to being professionals, but some of the demands of our students these days really are like a 40 hour week or maybe even more um, working professional on their kiddos. But this conversation from nutrition, health and wellness to mental health, then to, you know, literally dying on the job or suicide or some of these really deep, larger conversations, it really all does fit together. And that's why it's so important to address it from the beginning or as soon as you think you need to. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing is when you start looking at the stats on careers that are the, you know, the most at risk, it's always your shift working professionals, whether it's manufacturing, transportation, nursing, they're always up there. I mean, even for the WHO, the World Health Organization, in 2007, they listed shift work as a probable human carcinogen. I mean, it's just... It's real and it's, there's so many studies. I mean, we have rotating shift workers, 60% increase in diabetes, 60% because you work on a rotating shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of those numbers for a lot of our shift working professionals are scary because this is a career path that they have chosen. And a lot of them do really love what they do, but they healthy kind of just isn't in the cards for them. And I think that's where we need to kind of, disrupt the health and wellness industry and change it because we just can't say because I work at Amazon or I ship your packages or I drive the truck that I'm going to die early. That's just, we're not doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I hope not. And that's why I love podcasting and this, these other means to get the word out because I do think there's such, it's, it's a weird irony that I've, I've spoken to so many doctors that you're in like, you're a medical professional, but your own nutrition, like when I've spoke to like my knee doctor about nutrition, whatever, it's like, I'm speaking a different language. Like they don't have anything to do with what we're putting in our body, not nutrition, not spirituality, not mindfulness. I mean, nothing. And it blows my mind that this is a health professional and there's no conversation or you get a pamphlet of just like you said, don't eat salt, don't eat this, don't eat that. And if you know anything about nutrition, that that doesn't work for sustainability, but also salt is not the worst thing for you. You need it to stay hydrated. And you know, it's a much larger conversation, but some, the knowledge is just, and the approach is so antiquated. It's remarkable. Yeah. And you know, that's where we really need to start as individuals start assembling a health team. Mm -hmm. It's good to have your doctors. I love doctors. I want those blood works done. I want those physicals done. We need it, but understanding a doctor is about your physical wellness. You know, you might need a life coach or a health coach to help with your spirituality or help you guide you on your health journey. We want the physical therapists and our physical coaches that are going to take care of, you know, the, the muscles and the ligaments and keep them healthy. So you really need that team of health and wellness professionals. And it's not somebody, I think a lot of times we think about, you know, oh, we got to see them all the time. You don't have to see them all the time. You know, you see them as you need, but there should be check-ins on where am I at mentally? Where am I at physically? Where am I at my sleep and my nutrition and even getting as high as your purpose? Like, I can't tell you how many people I coach and I deal with, I call it the five uh, principles of well-being. And we deal with the foundations, which are the foundations, which is purpose and relationship. But then we deal with the fundamentals. And that is what everybody thinks of health. That's your sleep, your nutrition, and your movement. 
but a lot of them, they're not correlated. You know, you can't have foundationals without the fundamentals and you can't have the fundamentals without the foundationals. They all work together. How do we not have this in elementary school? And because it, it's just funny that this is, you know, we're talking about corporate wellness and business, but these are life skills. This is where if you can learn this as a 40 year old at your corporate job, ideally you're bringing it home to your kiddos and they're starting this conversation way earlier. So their joyful journey into happiness and mindfulness and everything else starts at 20 maybe or whatever versus 40 in the corporate world. So it, to me, it's always funny because it's corporate world and we got to make money. So how are we gonna make our employees happy? And all right, let's do this. But really it's life skills. I mean, it's stuff we really do need in elementary school of, are you checking in? So that by the time you get older, this is something you've done for 15 years upon graduation or whatever. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times when it comes down to, you know, just understanding that purpose, how many times do we, we wouldn't start a business and not have a mission statement. Like, you know, right. what your business is delivering, but yet we'll start a health journey and so many things. And we don't have a purpose. We don't know where we're going other than I want to lose 20 pounds. Like, that's not a purpose. That's just kind of <laughs> fixing a symptom. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's not even accounting if you're trying to build muscle. And um, again, it's just updating the conversation in our own mind on so many levels around so many things. Do you work at all with um, kiddos or young people or is it all mostly like corporate situations, 18 plus? You know, it's funny. Most of it is 18 and over. However, recently I started working with um, somebody that I've coached. They had me coaching their 14 year old. And, you know, it was, it was a different conversation because we're 14, but it was really about letting them know that, okay, if you're in sports, you're going to need some more carbs. We need some more energy, you know, stuff like that. They're life skills. We know how to feed our dogs and our cats, but yet we don't even know how to feed ourselves other than just grabbing food. Right. And it comes down to, we have to understand what sleep does, you know, kids, when you talk to them about sleep, it's just like, well, it gives me more energy. No, it actually boosts your memory. It allows your body to heal from the day. There is so much more going on that we're not even having this conversation about. So how are we expecting our younger generations to make the right choices when they don't even know why they're making the right choices? Right, right. Well, that's literally why I started my podcast and probably had something to do with your inspiration. It was just a question about a way and just start talking about truths that are overlooked that can actually like give us a gold star in some arenas. Like it feels like it's call out, learn to disrupt, you know, cut this out, did it. But really it's about time out, like take a breath. You're actually doing a few things, right? Let's shift a couple things, be a little bit more mindful and change the way we just approach our daily. And it's going to be okay. Like it's not that overwhelming as it sounds. Absolutely. And that's really what it's about, because if you're having a health and wellness professional come in and just be rip. I hate the one you ever watched the biggest loser. I think it was. And they like rip apart everybody's pantry and they're like, I can't have this. And it's like, you're totally setting them up for failure. Yeah. Like, let's just give them a few things that are better choices that they really like. And naturally, most of the time they're going to tend to go towards those than something that has been bad in the past. But if you're going to give them the difference between carrots and Doritos, let me tell you, I'm even eating the Doritos. <laughs> well, and the, the real problem with that is not only that they're 
so stringent and intense for that person, which they've signed up for a show and they've got to know it's TV and whatever. But all of America's watching that being like, oh, hell no, I'm not having a health professional come to my house and come through my fridge and tell me everything I'm doing my wrong in my personal life. It's not even about nutrition. Then it's about, I feel like I'm a bad person or I'm a bad mom or a yes. bad role model. Like you get into such deeper psychological like call outs and issues. I don't want to hear that. I consider myself, you know, a fit health and wellness human and whatever, but I, I don't want anyone coming to my house being like, that's too much tequila or da, 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 da. like you just don't, you, you, you're paralyzed by that fear. So I think the action in itself, like the biggest loser is, is one thing, but the influence that it has and reverberates yeah. that narrative around food and like, uh, this policing type situation is it, it I mean, it's, it's the impact is catastrophic and how negative it is for everyone else to see. Yeah. And you know, so often too, when we lead with positivity, I was literally just having this conversation with my daughter. So my daughter is a high school lacrosse goalie yes. and her biggest, one of her biggest weaknesses is when the defense just falls apart. And yeah. there is that mental game of a goalie where if your defense is falling apart, you're like, ah, crap, what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah. But one of the things that we were reading an article about, it's like, what do you do when your defense lets you down? And it was, you lift them up. And my daughter's like, wait, you expect me to lift them up when they're not doing this? It's like, well, you know, if I, as a mom, were like bashing you because something you did versus telling you, Hey, you did a really good job cleaning your room. You think you can help me with the downstairs. You are more likely to say yes. than me telling you, Hey, now you got to go clean the downstairs. It's, you know, if we lead with appreciation, we're more likely to work harder for somebody. Yes. And that in itself is a very new school approach just in, in, in the, in the corporate world, but even in coaching, um, it's just a new way of being a leader that I don't think our old school, I'll say 40 plus cause I'm 40 generations are used to. It's like, I can be a dictator. You do it. Cause I say so da, 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 da. And it's like, okay, well you might do it, you know, as long as you have to, or whatever you'll punch and you'll punch out and you get the hell out of there. But if you're genuinely invested in that person and you care and you do inspire them to actually want to be inspired, it, it changes everything and it's easier on the leader as well. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so if, if, if there is a company out there and they're like, well, this sounds kind of cool. Um, I don't really understand corporate wellness. What's like a good first step for companies to even like have the conversation to get this into their formal professional setting? Yeah. So probably you want to reach out in two areas. One, check with your health insurance company to talk to your health broker, figure out what they already offer, because sometimes they already have things. Or if you're not sure, or you don't even know, just give me a call. I've worked so many companies through this process. Some have hired me, some haven't, but that's okay because my goal is to make your employees healthier. So if it means pointing you in the right direction, let's point you in the right direction. That's what I'm here for. But most times they usually do come back to me. I love it. Well, I was going to say, uh, girlfriend, you're on, you're right on time for what is needed. So I hope you have humans ready that can, you know, you can multiply yourself and have some staff because I think this is going to continue to get more and more relevant and more and more critical. Um, so you're definitely ahead of the game. So for all the ones that have, don't get it. And I've been in that situation with some brand ambassador and stuff. And it's like, it, we're a few years ahead of the game. And then a few years later, they come back around. I think you're going to be extraordinarily busy very, very soon. 
Well, that is awesome because we do have a whole team. I actually just last week trained a whole bunch of board certified health coaches literally to do what I do for shift working professionals because it. it is so needed. They're so burnt out. Our doctors, our nurses, our manufacturing, our transportation, our first responders, they are ready to start dealing with themselves because for the last 18 months, they've been working on saving our asses. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's extraordinary. Are you doing any of this because of COVID stipulations and whatnot? Are you doing anything online course-wise? So I do online courses for health coaches to help them do this, but all of my corporate health and wellness stuff can be done virtually. So I have my off my home studio office. I can do everything virtual. I even have things set up for, let's say the manufacturing that if they just need me on like their morning debriefings that they don't have time for me to come in and do like an 45 minute seminar that I can condense everything down to five minutes before they go on the production floor. So everything is virtual. I love it. Okay. I saw your YouTube page, the website, um, your girl out here, she's got the the boxes checked. I'm actually going to lean into some of the online courses and whatnot coming up. So I'll personally dig into your stuff a little bit deeper because I think you're doing such a good job, but I also love the way you've structured some things. I think it's extremely digestible, no pun intended. Um, if you're new to health and wellness, if, if you've been in it a long time, I think it's just such a great entry point and um, an advanced conversation as well uh, to really just dial in the nuts and bolts around living better, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that was really where Outspoken Nutrition was started. It was started to ha- start having that conversation because everything out there about health and wellness is so confusing. And if experts are arguing on what is right, how the hell is somebody going to know what to do? And that's yeah. really what it is. We break it down really simple so our listeners can make the choices that are best for them. And what's best for you and what's best for your neighbor is going to be different. I love it. I love it. Is there anything else? Um, any other resources you want to talk about? You just covered the podcast a little bit. We obviously talked about the corporate wellness um, consulting, but I you know I saw some books. Like, is there anything else you want to uh, display so nicely on TNT? <laughs> well, thank you. But yeah, if you can go check out my website, it has everything. I have a cookbook that was released like six years ago. So if you're looking just to figure out how to cook different veggies, that's on there. It's really kind of a resource for everything. But yeah, most of my stuff, it's done either corporate. I do coach individuals and my podcast is probably the easiest way to find out a little bit about me and how I coach and how I work with things. And don't worry, tequila is always part of the plan and we never take beer away. <laughs> I, I love it. It's all about balance-ish. Um, yeah, isn't the cookbook Eat Your Effing Veggies? Am I close? Did I see that? Yes. So that is, um, that's actually our newer ebook and it's called eat your effing veggies. It's just about how to eat your vegetables. I totally forgot about that one, but the other book is called plate of food and that is a physical cookbook, but eat your effing veggies is a pretty fun one. Well, I just love it. I'm like, I'm like, this is perfect. You're speaking to the TNT audience. I think this is right on brand for what we have going on in our uh, ecosystem over here. So it's, it's perfect. Um, but I love, I love the mission statement. I would love to check in in like a year and see how the business has grown just because we see such transition in our world. You saw the address with Biden around COVID and and, uh, climate today as our two big priorities. And I'm a big believer that all of those things, even on a massive world scale, really start at home and with ourselves and the little decisions we do every day. So don't get overwhelmed out there. Look for your girl, Laura. Laura, give us um, websites. I said at the beginning about website, Instagram handle. What else would you want to hit us with? Yeah. So you can check everything out at lauratimbrook.com. 
everything's on there. Every, you Google Laura Timbrook, you will find me. <laughs> I love it. We're almost like, it sounds like that's Madonna or Beyonce status. Like you almost might be down to Laura, just the single name situation. Yeah, right. I know. If the name wasn't so darn popular. <laughs> actually i should check out (laughs) laura.com seriously well i think madonna's mom and beyonce's mom must have known something because they did give them original names so uh or tina tina turner there's there's a few that um are a little bit more common laura though i I have faith to make it happen this is true for the price you always make something happen (laughs) there you go uh well i appreciate your time and energy there's so much more we could get into um but i want to keep it tight because i think there's a lot of businesses out there looking to question a better way but really dial in what they can control i mean it's been such a crazy year and that health and wellness and that just overall happiness in the work environment conversation is expanding so we'll keep this one tight and then we'll check in in a year and see where things have grown but i I hope just for humanity that we start embracing these conversations personally, professionally, um, and anywhere else, because I think that's, again, where our world's going to start spinning in a positive place. Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me. Yes, I love it. Uh, Like I said, be sure to check out Laura. We'll check in again and uh, get moving and eat something healthy in the meantime. Have an amazing day. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.